moment. Welcome everyone. Beautiful day. As their brother said, enjoy the weekend. And uh, I was not expecting almost a full house on Memorial Day weekend. I thought everyone would be out and about. But uh, I guess everyone wants to hear what happens to Joseph in the story of Joseph. (laughs) All right. So we're going to continue our series on Joseph. In a moment, we'll be in Genesis 45. What I'll do is just um, briefly kind of review and kind of get you caught up to where we are. We're going to be skipping a handful of chapters in our series on this. Um, And so let me lead you up to where we are in Genesis 45. It's It's a number of years in the life of Joseph. But we're looking at Joseph, and our theme is this, God's sovereign hand in our lives. And we see in the story of Joseph there in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, how God truly was at work in his life. Every, behind every decision choice, um, even that Joseph was making, didn't realize that God was, was behind it all. In the good, in the bad, in the ugly, God was behind it all. And as you even heard this morning, that you are not alone, that God is with you. And as we look at this series, we've been studying this series in life of Joseph, even when it didn't seem like God was with him, God was with him. God never abandoned Joseph in all the experiences and all the trials and all the struggles that he went through. Where we left off last week was this, as we were looking a little bit about Joseph and his character and his self-control and how uh, he was propositioned by uh, Potiphar's wife and how She falsely accuses Joseph, and where we left off last week is this, is that Joseph is thrown into prison. There in in Genesis chapter 40, Joseph is thrown into prison, and not for anything that he did other than he did the right thing, but he was falsely accused. He was accused of, 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 of attempted rape, and he gets thrown into prison, and believe it or not, this was all part of God's plan. Because God knew that Joseph needed to meet some people while he's in prison. And so in Genesis 40, you'll find that Joseph's in prison and, uh, and he's there for some time and, and God's blessing him. And even in the midst of being in bad circumstances, he's put in a leadership role in prison. And while he is there, there's two officials, government officials that get thrown in the prison, Pharaoh's uh, cupbearer and his baker. And they get thrown into prison. And Joseph doesn't understand what God is doing and why this is happening. But while he is there, remember, these two men both have a dream. The same night, they both have a dream. And so they're troubled by their dreams. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing about Joseph. Joseph, even though he has his own life struggles and his own problems, he sees that these guys are distraught and they're upset and he's interested in the needs of others. Joseph, what an example this guy is. Not only selfishly thinking of himself, but he says, hey guys, I see you're upset and you're bothered and troubled. What's going on? What's wrong? And both of them said, we both had a dream We don't know what this dream means. And Joseph said, well, that's simple. God's the one who can give an interpretation. And so he begins to interpret their dreams. 
He interprets the dreams, first of all, of the cupbearer. And the cupbearer says, well, I had this dream that I saw in the dream. There was these, uh, a branch and, and, and three branches of, of grapes. And, and I took them and I went in before the king, before Pharaoh, and I squeezed the grapes and made him some fresh squeezed grape juice. That's in the Hebrew, okay? And the Pharaoh took it and he drank it. And, and, and he says, well, I, I don't quite understand. And he, he says, what does this mean? And he, he interprets the dream. He says, well, the three branches are three days. In three days, your head will be lifted up to the Pharaoh and you will be restored to your original position. Life is going to be good. And then Joseph says, hey, when this happens, remember me. Remember me to help get me out of this place. Will you advocate for me? And so the baker's sitting there, and the baker says, well, I want to know, what, what does mine mean? And he says, mine was a dream where I had these baskets, three different, uh, you know, baskets on my head full of baked goods and breads, harvest bread or something like that. I'm not sure. And so he's carrying the bread, and he says, the birds kept coming out of the sky and eating the, 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 the bread and eating the, the baked goods. And Joseph says, well, in your dream, the three baskets are the same in three days. In three days, you, you too will be brought before the king, before Pharaoh. And he says, but it's bad news. He says, you will be, some versions say, impaled. He will take off your head. You will be beheaded. You'll be impaled. And he says, the birds that you saw coming to eat the bread are the birds of the air that are going to eat your flesh. Could you imagine Joseph you know, I'm not trying to be mean here, but sweet dreams tonight, you know. <laughs> Man, let me tell you something, though. Joseph, there's a whole lot to this. and it, it, Joseph could have lied. Joseph could have told him a good interpretation. He could have said, you know what, I don't want to tell this guy the truth. How many, let me ask you, if you had to tell someone the truth, tell someone that type of uh, of truth, let me ask you, wouldn't that be difficult? How many would you say yes? How many of you would you be tempted to maybe kind of go, oh, I know what's really going to happen, but how many of you are with me, right? We're seeing once again the integrity of Joseph, that Joseph's going to speak the truth and say what needs to be said, even if it hurts. And by the way, it's going to come back years later. Because the Bible says that that exactly like he said, in three days they were both released from prison. In three days the cupbearer is restored back to his original position, but the baker was executed. And the Bible says this, that the cupbearer, he forgot all about Joseph. He forgot about him. Didn't even think about him. He's only thinking about himself. And as we know, the story goes that the Bible says two years later, two more years after Joseph interprets the dreams, he's been in prison now for years. We see that the Pharaoh himself now has a dream and he has these visions. And so when he dreams this dream and he has these visions, he sees, again, he has two different dreams. And in these dreams, he sees, uh, he sees these cattle, beautiful, healthy cattle coming up out of the Nile. And seven of these healthy, beautiful cattle come out of the Nile. And right after comes seven lean, ugly-looking cows. And the seven ugly-looking cows, they have a feast, and they eat the seven healthy cows. And he wakes up, and he's bothered by it. 
He goes back to sleep again and he has another dream, a second dream. His dream of, of the, you know, I'll call it corn, whatever you want to call it, wheat. But he has this dream that, that this corn grows and there's these seven very healthy, full, uh, you know, ears of corn, picture it, on the stalk. And he sees that it's healthy and it's great and it looks amazing. And then seven little straggly little stalks grow up and they consume and devour the others and he's troubled. And remember, the Bible says that he goes to all of his wise men and he asks all, uh, you know, of those in leadership and no one can help him. And finally, the cupbearer remembers Joseph. I remember there was this guy in prison. He was a Hebrew. And he was able to interpret not only my dream, but the dream of the baker. And everything he said was exactly true. He said, bring him to me. And so he brings Joseph before the Pharaoh. Joseph has no clue what's taking place and why he's being brought there. He's maybe nervous, maybe concerned that maybe, you know, maybe he's going to be executed like the baker was. He has, does not know what's about to happen, but he comes and he stands before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, I heard that you can interpret dreams, that you have this gift, you have this ability. And I love Joseph because Joseph says, no, God is the one who interprets the dreams. And Joseph very quickly gives all the credit and all the honor, all the glory to God. And as we know, the story goes that Joseph interprets the dreams and he gives the interpretation of dreams to Pharaoh and says to seven years, both dreams, it's a confirmation that it's going to be seven years of extreme uh, just blessing and God is going to bless and we're going to have uh, prosperity. He says, but the seven years of famine that's about to hit the world and hit the land, it, will, it can literally consume this seven good years. And you need someone wise, someone who can, who can establish a way of, of storing up your goods. Find the wisest person that you know and have them get ready and prepare so that you can be saved. And most of you know the story. It's a, literally a rags to riches story. Joseph goes from being in prison in the morning to being in power by that afternoon, by that evening. Joseph becomes a powerful man. Joseph is the one who's put in charge. And so Joseph, the Bible says, begins to store up for seven years. And now we're going to come to chapter 45, and the famine has hit the land. And I want you to see what happens in Genesis 45. I promise we'll move quickly. That was the majority of it, just getting us to where we are. And I'll move very quickly. But look in Genesis 45, follow along. Remember the dreams that Joseph had? His dreams are coming true. Remember his brothers who sold him into slavery, his brothers who hated him? It says, then Joseph, he sees his brothers. If you know the story, he's seen them on numerous times. They actually do come and bow to him. He sends, keeps one of the brothers and sends them back. And the, the, the famine is so bad. We're now two years into the famine. It's so bad that, that he, he has them make sure that he brings back Benjamin, his younger brother. His brothers have no clue that Joseph is their, their, their brother. And we're going to kind of come to the scene where Joseph is going to share with his brothers who he is. And look at this scene. Just look at this. It's powerful. 
Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed. Some versions say they were terrified at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now, listen to his words, now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. And the famine has been in the land these two years. And there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. Notice again, God. And God sent me before you to preserve your life, a remnant on earth, and to keep you alive for, uh, for, for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here. Listen to these words. It wasn't you that sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and the ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God, notice again, God, who, listen, God is sovereign. He's saying this. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell. Listen, look at this. And he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all of his brothers and he wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan. And take your father and your households and come to me. And I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And you shall eat of the fat of the land. And you, Joseph, are commanded to say, do this. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Have no concern for your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Man, what a powerful story. What a story of rags to riches. What a story of God's sovereign hand in the life of Joseph. Joseph didn't realize all that he was going through. You know what blows my mind is this, is that Joseph was 17 years old when he was betrayed by his brothers, when he was thrown into the pit. And then later, they take him out of the pit. And it was all a part of God's sovereign plan. 
As you know, and as we studied, that they were uh, supposed to be feeding in the land of Shechem, but the grass there was no longer greener, so they went 15 miles farther to Dothan. And they go to Dothan, and while they're at Dothan, and they throw Joseph into a pit just by chance, that happened to be the Egyptian trade route. And that's when the Ishmaelites were on their way through, and they decided to pull Joseph out of the pit that he was going to be left in to die, and he was sold for the price of a slave, not by chance, not by accident, all a part of God's plan for Joseph. Joseph, in this passage here, is 39 years old. Think about this. He spent 13 years, some of it as a slave, part of it in prison. But the Bible says that he was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh and he interprets the dreams. And then there's seven years of of feast and plenty. And they gather uh, the crops. And then the Bible says at this moment, it's two years now into the famine. So Joseph is 39 years of age, 22 years of his life. 22 years away from his family. If you study the scriptures, you'll see that two sons were born to him. The first son, his name was Manasseh, and literally his name means this, I forgot. I forgot all about my suffering. I forgot all about what I went through because of God's blessing in my life. And it literally, he even said this, that he had forgotten his own family. He wanted to put it out of his mind and put it out of his memory. And can you picture the day that Joseph, as he walks out and he sees his brothers, and when his brothers come, they bow down to him. Man, I'm sure Joseph at that moment, it hit him out of nowhere. My dreams came true. My dreams came true. Let me say to you that when life punches you in the gut, and when you're having a a bad day, remember God's promises to you. At that moment, Joseph remembers the dreams. Joseph remembers God's promise to him that he would be a man of great power and leadership and that his brothers would bow before him. And sure enough, God's word is true. When you're having a bad day, remember God's promise to you. Look at Romans 8.18. Here's a promise from God. Romans says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed to us. Can I say to you, when you're going through sorrow, when you're going through suffering, when you're going through loss, when you're going through difficult times, remember the promise of God that it is temporary. And that, listen, that someday God will reveal the glory to us. Amen? Can you imagine Joseph literally said his, his, when he had the, his firstborn son, he called him Manasseh. He was able to forget all of the suffering and all of the sorrow. And he realized that God had a bigger purpose for his life and a plan for his life. Romans 8, 28, look at these words. It says this. We sang it this morning. And we know that for those who love God, some things work together for good. Did you catch that? Did I read that wrong? And we know that for those who love God, most things work together. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did we miss that? And we know that all things, what? 
All things, right, work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That is a promise from God that we can know that all things do work together for good to those who love God, those that have his calling on their life. When you're having a bad day, when you're going through trial, when you're going through struggle, can I encourage you with something? Remember God's promises to you. Amen, church? Remember his promises to you, that God keeps his word, and that God, he truly does keep his promises. When you're having a bad day, remember God's providence over you. Look at Psalms 105. Psalms 105, it says this, when he summoned a famine on the land and he broke all supply of bread, notice what God did. It says he, God, had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron until what he said came to pass. God's promises are true, amen? The word of the Lord tested him. You're going to be tested. You're going to go through trials. And Joseph went through trials. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free, and he made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions. Do you see how it was all a part of God's sovereign plan? When we look at Joseph, as he's even in prison, he's saying, find a way to get me out of here. Get me out of this situation that I'm in. We see that Joseph, all that Joseph went through when he stands there before his brothers and when he realizes that his father is still alive and that all of his family is still preserved, Joseph realizes it hit him. As we read here in Genesis 45, over and over and over again, he says this, it was God. He says, don't be angry with yourselves. Don't be bitter with yourselves. Don't. He says, because it was God who sent me here. It was God who put me in this place. And he says later in Genesis 50, we'll study it next week. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He tells his brothers that it was all a part of God's purpose, all a part of God's plan. And so when you're having a bad day, remember God's providence over you, that God is in control, that you're in God's hands. As we study throughout this this amazing series, what we see is this, is that it says this, that the Lord was with Joseph. God never abandoned Joseph, even though it felt like it, and even though it oftentimes looked like it, the Lord was with Joseph. May I say this to you? The Lord is with you. Amen? Amen. When you're going through the valley, the Lord is with you. When you're experiencing the mountaintops, the Lord is with you. When Joseph was thrown into that pit, the Lord was with Joseph. When Joseph was put in chains and as he walked and journeyed to Egypt and was sold as a slave, the Lord was with Joseph. When Joseph served as a slave, the Lord was with him. When he was falsely accused and thrown into prison, the Lord was with him. And when he became the second most powerful man in all of earth at that time, the Lord was with him. Amen. And he realized God's providence in his life. That God sees everything from the beginning to the end. The word providence. Have you ever considered this word providence? Let me break it down for you. Help you a little bit. 
Pro video. Pro video. Can you say those words with me? Ready? Pro video. How many of you know what a video is? Some of you kids know what a video is. Pro video. Literally, in our, think about that word. Have you ever watched a movie that you've never seen with someone who've watched a movie that they've already seen? <laughs> Are you with me? And you're sitting there and you're watching the movie and the other person's giving away the movie as it goes and it's building and you're like, they're like, whoa, wait, wait till you see this part. This part's awesome, you know? And you're like, will you shut up? <laughs> or years back, like when I would like to want to watch the Super Bowl or watch a game or I would want to watch a fight, but I wasn't able to, so I recorded it. And then you have that one person who's going to tell you what happens, you know? And you're like, oh. They already have seen it all. Can I say to you, that's maybe an idea for you to understand what literally it means, the providence of God, meaning pro video, that God has already seen the beginning from the end. Amen? And that God already knows. He's seen it all. And we see here that God could see way ahead. And the Bible says, and it tells us, the psalmist says that he sent Joseph ahead. Joseph realized 22 years later, when he's standing before his brothers, that it was God's sovereign plan in his life and that it wasn't just about Joseph, that, that everything he went through was about preserving his family and saving his family. And that, yes, he was going to suffer, but it was all a part of God's plan. And he realized that it was God who was instrumental. It was God who was behind it. And may I just challenge all of us to think about that pro video in our lives, that it is the providence of God, that God already knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything about you. Amen. He knows, the Bible says, how many hairs you have. And for the rest of us, the better looking ones, he knows how little bit of hair we have on our head. <laughs> Amen. There's only a few perfect heads, all right? And the rest, they've got to put hair on them. Amen. <laughs> Listen, you don't, you don't, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to throw a rug on marble. Amen. <laughs> it's good stuff. You want to show it off. The providence of God. You see, he says that he will work all things together for good to them who love God and called according to his purpose. Joseph loved God and God was working all things together for good. He was putting all the pieces together. It was the providence of God. Understand that the Bible says in Matthew, it says this, but seek ye first. His kingdom, amen. Seek him first and his righteousness. And he says, and all these things will be added unto you. Man, Joseph didn't realize, but God was adding unto him and God was putting all the pieces. And can I say, sometimes it feels like in our life that everything's falling apart. But can I say this? If you were a true follower of Jesus Christ and a child of God, when it seems like everything's falling apart, it's not falling apart. It's all falling into place, Amen. When you seek him first and make him priority, the Bible says that he will add all these things unto you. And I even found that out this week. Little did I know that when God was moving me here and where I would move and where I would live, that there would be a Dutch bros moving in just around the corner. 
That's the providence of God, let me tell you. How many of you heard we're getting the Dutch Bros? <laughs> give me an hallelujah up in here. Come on, give me an amen. And it happens to be around the corner at walking distance. God is good. Woo. I think the providence of God is at work here. Amen. I thought I had to give up Dutch bros, but oh no, God's provision, God's providing. Way in advance, God knew what my family needed and what I needed. I've heard something about possibly a Chick-fil-A. Now, if that's happening, we've just died and we're in heaven. Amen. <laughs> but I just think, I do, I believe in Matthew 6, I'm claiming the promises of God. Keep him first and he'll add all these things. I think we're going to get a Chick-fil-A probably in and in and out. Somebody give me an hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. And once we get that in and out, you just wait. Costco's moving right over there. Amen. Let's go. Woo. We're having church up in here today. Amen. Woo. Glory. When you're having a bad day, remember God's providence over you. God is in control. God is sovereign. God is still on the throne. And when you're having a bad day, remember God's purpose for you. God does have a purpose and a plan. You are not an accident. And God had a purpose and a plan in the life of Joseph. And yes, he had to go through and experience suffering, but God was revealing his purpose for Joseph. Remember, it says this, Romans 8, 28, that it says, all things work together for good to them who love God. But notice this, to those who are called according to what? His purpose. God has a purpose and a plan. You are not an accident. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 1, 9, it says this, who saved us. He said, and he's called us to a holy calling, not because of your, your works, but because of his own purpose. And grace, notice this, which he gave in us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Did you get that? Before the ages began, God was pouring out his grace upon us. But beyond that, it says this, that you have a purpose. That there is a purpose and a plan and you are not an accident. Little did Joseph know that at 17 years of age, his brother's jealousy and hatred, and even the fact that they would sell him into slavery, that that was all a part of God's purpose and plan in order for him to become the leader and the ruler that he was to save his family. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we love this passage. It talks earlier about the grace of God, but in Ephesians 2, 10, it says this, for we are his workmanship. Can I say this? God is working in us and on us. Amen. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are his masterpiece. And God is moving and God is working in your life. And he is desiring to fulfill his purpose and plan for your life. Even when you may doubt that, God is at work. I love the book of Ecclesiastes. King Solomon, the wise Solomon, wrote this book many people believe to be at the end of his life. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, notice this promise from God. He says, for everything, did you get that? For everything, there is a season. And there's a time for every, most versions say this, for every matter or every purpose under heaven. Look at verse 11 of that same chapter. 
he says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Some will say that we don't comprehend the scope of God's plan, that God knows the beginning from the end. Amen. And that God has a purpose, God has a plan, and God is truly at work in each of our lives. And that he makes everything beautiful in his time. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle because his timing, his timing is not my timing. And my timing is not his timing. You know, as Isaiah said that, like this, he says that our thoughts are not his thoughts. Because his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. And that his ways are much greater than our ways. But understand this, that God does have a purpose and a plan for each of you. That God is making everything beautiful in his time. It's not always pretty. And it's not always in the time that we want. But may I encourage you with this. Is that God is sovereign. Amen. And God is at work in our lives. We see God's sovereign hand in the life of Joseph. Joseph 22 years later, as he's confronting his brothers, and he says, this is, I'm your brother. He reminds them of the sovereignty of God, that it was God who did this, not you. And don't blame yourselves, and don't, don't, don't be angry at yourselves, and, and understand that God was, all, was behind all of it. And can I just encourage you, when you're going through trial, when you're going through trouble, when you're going through loss, when you're going through hurt, when you're going through difficult times, please know this. Please, please understand this, that God has not abandoned you. Amen? And that God loves you. And that God is sovereign. God is in control. And when it feels like everything's falling apart, it's probably because God is shaking things up. Amen? And everything's falling into place. What an awesome God we have. What an awesome God we serve. Would you stand and pray with me?